You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. Well, hey guys, welcome back to the Next Trek Podcast. Every week we dive into what's happening in Star Trek Discovery and give our thoughts on the final frontier. I'm really excited to dive into this week's episode. We're gonna be recording this quote unquote live. Normally on every episode, I do my very best to edit it and sweeten up the audio and make it as, uh, as, as, as tight and as edited as possible. But today, I think we're going to do this really kind of down and dirty, uh, fully live, not a whole lot of editing if we can help it, and let you guys know what we thought of the newest short trek that just released on CBS All Access. So let's go ahead and get started. My name is Chris. I'm Tyler. And I'm Kate. And this time we're going to be talking about Calypso, the new short trek. But before we get down to that, let's talk about some Star Trek news. It's been a while. It's been about a month since we've talked about anything Star Trek. Um, have, you guys, have you guys been following what's been going on with, uh, it looks like, two new Star Trek shows that have been announced, in addition to the Picard one, which we already knew? Yeah, I mean, two new ones. That's what I'm saying. Like you said before, we got the Picard and this one. I, I think I put in our Slack channel that like I feel like everyone's getting a show right now. You get a show. It's like Oprah. You get a show, and you get a show. Yeah, there's a lot of news happening right now. So, I, you know, it's, it's hard for me to follow. Every time I see a new Star Trek show, I think I've already heard those news, but yeah. that news. But no, it's a new one. It's a, anyway, it's crazy. It's a lot well, It's almost on. like we've, we've got the MCU, like the, the STU or something like that is happening. The Star Trek universe is, right. is, uh, is happening now. And, and I, I don't dislike that. Actually, I don't really have a problem with it as long as they aren't doing it slapdash. You know, mm-hmm. they aren't just churning out something, you know, mm. half thought. Um, so like, like the Picard one, they seem to be really purposeful about the Picard show. Right. Uh, they're hiring, you know, Michael Shabon, who is a, who's a, um, really big novelist. Uh, he's, he's an executive producer. Um, he seems to be really putting some deep thought in, into it. He said, Captain Picard is the hero we need right now. Yeah. Um, where are you guys just on, on the news of the Picard show? I mean, we, I don't think we've actually talked to Kate about this specifically. Where are you on Picard? So I am super excited about the Picard show because it doesn't feel like um, a, a reboot or a remake. It's just a continuation of the universe I already love with yeah. my captain. And um, I think Michael Shabon is correct that uh, we, could, we could use a dose of, a, you know, a future that uh, gives us something to aspire to rather than mm-hmm. down to. Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm also super excited about the new... Uh, uh, show uh, potential with Michelle Yeoh. I think they're just trying to drum up interest right now because they're yeah. in contract negotiation. But that's probably the one name of the crew of the new ship that if they told me that she was getting her own show would really perk me up. And now my fingers are going to cramp for the next year as they stay crossed yeah. the entire time. You may have already mentioned this, Tyler. I can't remember for some reason. I have horrible short-term memory right now. But did you mention that this Michelle Yeoh spinoff series is supposed to be a section 31 series that's what that looks like it looks like it's going to be a a section 31 show so it's going to be a star trek spy show like come on i'm i'm pretty okay although that that flies i think directly in the face of the the picard is the hero we need today and michelle yo is the villain we need today maybe i don't know yeah exactly the anti-hero that maybe will be the yeah exactly the yin to the yang i don't know we'll see we'll see it's the long game we have the, the the dirty corrupt world that that picard's you know past is and he's making the future so we're just getting the full spectrum that's right that's right that's a good that's a good point we can see how things have changed and how yeah. how we can change 
I don't know. We'll and see. I also, might, I also might get to see Michelle Yeoh fight. So, you know, let's I be mean, real uh, here. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I want that sword back again. That was awesome. Uh, <laughs> All right. Nice. Well, there's, we could dig into a lot of, I think, nitty gritty. And I'm sure that as we get more news, we'll, we'll dig into this. You guys will definitely hear our thoughts. Um, oh, I guess the other, the other news, I, I didn't write this down. It just came to my mind. We, it's, it's confirmed through photos and through some stuff um, that, uh, oh, what's her name? Shoot. Um, oh, Mary Shifo uh, has, uh, has put on Twitter, the Klingons will have hair in this mm. in this new episode and that it was actually sort of like a a cult like thing that they had all had shaved heads it was a like in deference or reverence for Kales that they had shaved their heads and now we're going to get hairy blue klingons this <laughs> what do you guys think on that eh. <laughs> hey i i'm so ambivalent i don't care it feels like one of these other things that they're it feels a little bit like they're trying to be uh, how do I say this? Uh, be all things to all people, rather than freeze coming through my head. Yeah, rather than actually sticking with their original like vision. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe this is what they were planning on doing all along. But this feels like a no, no, no. Actually, guys, we had this all along. But they look so different, though. I mean, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. I, I, maybe they have a plan. Mm-hmm. We Where are you on that, Kate? I'm largely indifferent at this point. I want to see what it means for the story. Um, That's not just an aesthetic thing. Well, I mean, Klingons have such a tortured history for how they look anyways. I mean, there's entire websites. They They like it tortured, though. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, alrighty, but what does it mean for the storytelling? That's where I care at this point. Now, if they had decided to, I don't know, have a Vulcan grow Klingon ridges or something, that I would care about because they don't have the weird history. Hmm. That's true. That's true. I All honestly right. don't care. Again, like I, I have no sacred cows. Um, I'm, I'm fine as long as they're making good stuff. Uh, the look of something or a retcon or whatever, I'm, I'm fine with as long as it's in service to a good story and the thing that they're coming up with is actually enjoyable. So, so hey, if I'm Picard ready. has care has hair when we when we see him, are we gonna have problems there? I mean, I think I may just aesthetically, like, <laughs> as a, like a normal human being, have problem with that. We'll see. We'll see if hair is that I mean, big of a deal in the Star Trek. <laughs> My gosh. I mean, he's the icon of sexy bald men, so I feel like there would be a protest, but, you know. Um, what I, I want to see is... Trickster would take it there. Yeah. What I want to see is some... Because now they can do that de-aging so, so well. Right. Like, I want to get some, you know, flashbacks to the Stargazer or something that really actually looks looks good, and maybe we get some Harry Picard there, but... <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of time travel and some, some weird things uh, uh, that, that Star Trek tends to do, let's, let's get into Calypso, which was uh, our short treks for November. Um, it was written by Michael Chabon. It was pronounced, er, pronounced I'm going to pronounce this badly. It was directed mm. by Olatunde Osun Sammi, um, who had directed a few episodes of Discovery as well. And we get essentially we get a, a guy who arrives on the discovery a thousand years after it was abandoned by the crew. Yeah. And he falls in love with the computer. What do you guys think? Well, this, um, this felt more like classic Star Trek to me. I know, it, I loved like, it. it kind of felt like a holodeck adventure story yeah. and frequently holodeck adventure stories, uh, plumb the question of what it means to be human. And guess what? We did that. Yeah. Um, this felt like a 
tighter, better story. Um, didn't feel like um, a B plot that got cut from the um, first short trek did. That's exactly how I yeah. felt about the first one. It was it was a B plot, and this one felt like an A plot that just didn't have a B plot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I have lots of thoughts about it. I'm kind of curious for people out there who are not lit nerds if they really uh, cared about the Calypso bit or not. Um, yeah. Where did this leave you, Chris? I so. I don't know if, if you guys have listened to our review of the first short trek. I did not, was not a fan of that at all. Um, I thought it was kind of messy and almost unnecessary. Um, and what I found interesting about this, um, this short is it's basically a very similar uh, idea, like a quote unquote alien shows up onto discovery. And by the end of it, they leave discovery, right? I mean, it's just like a, come in and co go out um i really like this um Good. i think this was this is a much better uh this is what this it, it should be it should really have nothing to do with or everything to do with what's yeah. happening in discovery and i felt like you guys said before the first one was so unnecessary and this mm -hmm. one felt well it has nothing to do with anything but it's still actually a rather interesting story yeah. um it's shot incredibly well yes it's acted fantastically you got this whatever it was i think maybe 18 minutes long i think is what it ends up being it, it was a little longer than the last one i think yeah mm -hmm. and i had like a the, i felt like the 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 two characters were actually had charisma together even though yes. one of them uh was an ai mm -hmm. um and you know the like you said like the literary connection with odyssey and all that stuff uh odysseus and all i i just i I understood what they were trying to do. I just, um, I thought it was actually executed much better than, than I was expecting. I had very low expectations walking it or sitting down <laughs> for this. And so, and when it actually turned out to be quite good and enjoyable, uh, meaningful, and it was actually trying to say something, I was like, oh, oh, hi, Star Trek. How's it going? I miss <laughs> yeah. <you." laughs> This this was the short check we were looking for. Yeah, it is yes to bring a Star Wars reference in uh, <laughs> yes. to the mix. Exactly. Thanks, Kate. <laughs> yeah. I yeah I loved it. I thought you know it, like like Kate said it did feel like a holodeck episode. In fact, I specifically thought it felt like um, the the holodeck storyline between Riker and Minuet from We'll Always Have Paris. Mm. You know, she's this AI that he just he falls for, um, but ultimately yeah. has to leave, and. Uh, it just, it worked. I think it worked for me on, on every level other than the jumpsuit that he was wearing at the beginning, but, or at the end, but uh, that was fine. It was just, <laughs> we're okay with, with, I was like, wow, that is just a shiny suit you are wearing, sir. Um, <laughs> are, you are you channeling Tim Gunn now? <laughs> yeah. I just I was like, yeah, okay. But other than that, I loved it. I love that it actually raises a question about discovery, yeah. but not one that, is so pressing that we need, you know, desperately need to answer, you know, why is discovery been sitting here for a thousand years? Is yeah. it something that we will find out? Eh, maybe. And who it cares might. if we don't, it doesn't yeah. really, it doesn't yeah. really, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't no. really have any, I mean, maybe at the end of the series, we'll know why it's just sitting out there in space. And yeah. obviously the captain, somebody tells it, no, you need to stay here. Yeah. So that yeah. would be a fun little like nod to, to this moment, but and even if that doesn't, tying it in to Canon, which is, yeah, which is cool. but even if it doesn't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I have to say too, it's so this, 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 this short is so atmospheric. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. It's obviously using the sets, but they look completely different. Yeah. Um, it has its own style. I mean, all of that stuff, 
just from a purely aesthetic point of view, they did a great job to make this thing look like a million bucks. Yep. Uh, whereas I felt like the first one, the first short was looked cheap and like they had just like turned the lights on on sets that they weren't using. Yeah. This actually felt like, you know, something legitimate. I really enjoyed this. I, I yeah. thought it was interesting. And this one actually asked a different, uh, an additional question for me, which was, is this even the same universe? Um, yeah. I wondered if it was mirror-ish maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it could be. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. Who knows? There is no grounding at all. There's no grounding at all. Uh, in, but in a perfect way rather than an untethered way, like it, it just fits. Right. It's wonderful. And oh, I was so pleased with what they did uh, here. And um, I think that um, this story felt like it was told by somebody who understood um, Star Trek mm. you know, and has communicated and has Pulitzer Prize winning, you know, blood behind it too. You know, it's, it's is what happens when you get a Pulitzer Prize winner writing a Star Trek episode, you know? Right. It's, yeah. It, yeah. It was, it was really good. And, and not to discount Aldous Hodge's craft. He is, he is alone in this episode, but he never feels alone. And That's he good. Never, it always, it also feels like, you know, he, he is able to use that space that he was given. You know, yeah. he's standing by the window. He's, I love the shots, the, the, almost time-lapse, but the time-lapse composite shots of yeah. him eating and walking around the mess hall. And, you know, it's stylish. Like, it looks oh, good. Gorgeous. Yeah. 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 His Taco Tuesday moment was really <laughs> Yeah. Cool. yeah. Was Some humor. Humor yeah. was thrown in there too. And of course it was very serious and all that. But yeah, and, and when the Calypso, obviously I'm familiar with, you know, the idea. Um, and so when I heard, I was like, are they actually, and this is, this is a Star Trek retelling of that of that kind of piece of the the story of of, of Homer's Odyssey, and so like it's it's just an interesting um, the the AI in this is not nearly as diabolical or mean, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but it, it, but can we, can we mention what that is really quick? The sure, yeah, yeah, please, yeah, for for yeah, you guys are obviously much more um, literary nerds than I am. So, so I just finished teaching the Odyssey to, to my Did students <laughs> and nice. like, like, like two weeks ago. And nice. in fact, I'm going to have them watch this episode now. It just, and cause it has nothing to do with Star Trek. They're not, no. gonna, they're not going to be lost. So no. yeah. be great. Um, so, so um, in Homer's the Odyssey, Odysseus after, upon um, finishing the Trojan war is on his way home, back home to Ithaca. He goes through a bunch of other junk and uh, it washes ashore on the island of Ogygia, which uh, is where Calypso lives. And Calypso is the daughter of, I believe the daughter of Atlas, the Titan. And she sort of keeps him there as a, as a bit of a sex slave for, a, thing. Uh, yeah. for a long time. But that's why I really like this. I have very, you know, she in, in the book, in, in the Odyssey is not, um, we, the, Homer tries to paint her as very sympathetic. She is alone on this island. It is very sad. I've never felt that bad for her because he's trying to get home to his wife. Right. Keeping um, him there. But in this case, it works so well. She's alone. She is alone. She's waiting. Um, she, she spent a thousand years growing, which I yeah. love that they put that in there. She, she, the AI is evolving. I mean, she she's has kind too. She's, she's super kind to him. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, and she never feels like she's trapping him there. No. Which it could so easily have gone there, right? This so how many Star Trek episodes or, or sci-fi, you know, have we gotten those the evil AI who is trying to trap a character in a place? Um, this is the this is the lonely looking for a friend slash lover AI, which is yeah. an interesting. I don't know how many you know examples we have of this. It reminded me a lot of, especially the sequence 
um, when they use the hologram technology, which is great because yeah. that's existing technology we've already seen in the first season of Discovery and second season, you know, it, it, I'm sure they'll be using it often. Um, but it's this interesting like thing that we've said, well, are they ever going to actually use this technology? And they used it for like a somewhat holodeck where he's watching this a funny face uh, movie in 3D um, and uh, then is eventually able to actually dance um, right. with the AI. Um, so that, that, that was interesting for them to actually use existing stuff that we're familiar with, move it into other technology that we're also familiar with, which is, like I said, the holodeck, um, and actually try and tell a, an interesting, compelling story there. It reminded me, like I would say, of um, Blade Runner 2030, was it 20, 2049? Yeah, 2049. Remember that moment in Blade yeah. Runner when uh, he's got that hologram uh, that he yeah yeah dances with pr- the projection that he falls in love with. So I, mm-hmm. I, I found all of that to be very interesting. I, I really loved the visual flair and style, dovetailing directly into storytelling it was great. Well, yeah. it even does go go for it, Kate. I'll say Aldous Hodge did an amazing job on his own in this. Yeah, but I was as you guys were talking about the storytelling, I was like, she did pretty much everything with just her voice yeah which is pretty darn amazing for a voice actor to create that entire character that we we like that we're interested in that um he has a relationship with so that by the time there is a visual form of her where that's more of a symbolic crossing over in his reality in the only way she can Mm -hmm. but like that's a cherry on top that's not the moment that she becomes a person she's been a person all along and that's pretty darn amazing to do with just voice acting well, let's mention her name. Her name is Annabelle Wallace as well. Yes. She does, yeah, you're right. She does an amazing job, I think, um, in voiceover. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, this also reminded me, just as we were talking about it, trying to find you know another um, another touchstone of this in, in sci-fi or Star Trek, it reminded me of the season five episode of Voyager, Someone to Watch Over Me, where the Doctor and Seven sort of have a, mm. have a little bit of a fling, a little bit of a, a relationship. It's one-sided um, on his part, but um, I... I love, you know, this is what Star Trek does best. It's Data mm. trying to be human. It's the Doctor trying to find love. Right. Um, it, it's, it's Seven trying to be human, for that matter. And it really, really works. And it doesn't feel heavy-handed when he calls it out at the end and says, you, ta- you reminded me what it was to be human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's also um, a sort of resurrection motif that's set up at the very beginning when he's in the escape pod and we're seeing clips of the Betty Boop. Betty Boop has Snow White. Snow yeah. White. Yes, except he is Snow White. Yeah. Yep. The one who was sleeping. That, yeah. That, Good point. That, I had not. Yeah. I, I had not thought about it as resurrection. I, I certainly thought it was on the nose of, you know, he's, he's, he's asleep and it's Betty Boop that he couldn't, he couldn't figure out how to turn off. And it was 811 times he'd watched it or something. But no. I did. I really... I thought that was that was stellar. Yeah, that was yeah. So for much. using properties that that CBS and Paramount Paramount own, that was a really yeah. clever way to use something that wasn't just we're stuck with this. Because like Funny Face is also a Paramount property, sure. and yet they worked it in really well, so it didn't just feel like, well, we're streaming this just because it's the only thing we have available in our library. Yeah, yeah. And, but I mean, again, like I thought it was, I thought it was really clever. All the literary, uh, both the ones that were in the thing and the actual overall story itself. Um, that was really well well done and put together into something that is uniquely Star Trek and yeah. felt like, oh yeah, no, this is this is this is the kind of quality and thoughtfulness that an episode of Star Trek should have. Yeah. I thought that was totally missing 
from the first Agreed. the first short. This one actually felt intentional. It felt well thought through. It felt like it had a point. It was trying to say something. Um, and that's what I want my Star Trek to be. You know what I mean? There are other shows that I can watch that do other things, but this I felt like was like, oh, okay. Yeah, you had 18 minutes and you did right by them. Like I was, yes. I did not feel like I wasted my time. Yeah, this makes me hopeful. Uh, this has the added benefit of making me helpful for the Picard show if Shabon's oh, going to do more of this. Right. Yes, please. Please yeah. give him more to do with, with, with Picard. Please, please, please. It would be fantastic. And he sounds like he's so invested in him. It is, but not, not just we've seen evidence of it, but we've also heard about it. I, yeah. I'm very excited about that. Totally. And actually, it just gives me hope for our next episode as well. It, it's going to swing the other direction where you said, you know, it's going to either have everything to do, it, it, these short tracks should have everything to do with it. Yes. Uh, with uh, Star Trek Discovery or nothing to do with it. Yes. Um, and I think this next one, it, it's Saru's backstory. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's called the, the Brightest Star, and it's going to air on December 6th. And I'm, I'm excited. I, first, Doug Jones, for me, you know, yeah. can almost do no wrong anyway. But he is, we're going to get this backstory to this race we have known nothing about other than they are prey. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Not to mention that he's coming back and, and doing that. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, you asked about coming on here, and I'm like, eh, but finding out the history of the Kelpie, I'm all in. Right. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I, and I hope, I hope they do a good job. I hope, I hope it is, it is well thought through. And again, something that I, I just, here's what I hope. I hope it is something, a, an independent story. It would be great yes. if discovery wasn't even like the ship discovery wasn't even in this right. episode. If so far it feels like the ship itself is kind of the, not I want to say MacGuffin, but kind of like the thing that ties everything, yeah. all these short treks together. And that kind of the mess hall, frankly. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. They're, they're spending all this time. It's like an executive was definitely like, hey, we haven't used this cafe yeah. set that you, that you built. Yeah. Please really use it. Would we, you? Need, we, need, we need to justify this for tax yeah. purposes. We Can you please? Yeah, I, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. So I'm, I'm hoping that this one has, it looks like anyway, the, the three second, you know, yeah preview that we got of it anyway i'm hoping it is completely independent and just a nice backstory on the actual uh, their actual planet and right. but we'll see we'll see how that goes mm-hmm. sure fingers crossed fingers yeah. crossed that's right i'm i am hope to hope hopefully optimistic that's what i mean yes hopefully go. optimistic yes and i'm optimistically hopeful so i think it's gonna be there great. we go fantastic good <laughs> both sides of the coin <laughs> uh anything else we want to talk about with this short trek i don't think so not me anyway yeah, just, I think uh, we've covered it. We're just excited and happy, and we'll see what comes next. Yeah, I'm ready for I'm ready for full discovery. I'm yes. I'm I'm at, this episode made me uh, excited, but also sad that yeah. excited that discovery is going in a good place, hopefully, but also sad that it's not here at this moment. So agreed. Yeah, yeah. Well, that wraps up our discussion of the short trek. Next time uh, for our, our next geek card check, we're going to be talking about Brazil from, mm. I think it's 1985's Brazil, which none of us have seen before. And uh, nope. we know that it's wonderfully weird. Uh, <laughs> about, so uh, I have no idea what to expect other than strange. So um, as always, everybody, you can follow us on Twitter at the next trek and you can uh, feel free. We would love it if we, if you'd uh, chime in, let us know how we're doing. Let us know if you agree with us. If you disagree with us, did you hate this short trek? Were mm-hmm. we wrong for hating the last short trek uh, or uh, just anything else that you think we're doing? Um, follow us on, on, uh, on Twitter there. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating if you think we deserve it. And as always live long and prosper. 